One of the things uh, Steve and I wanted to start doing to keep the podcast fresh uh, with new content was provide detailed album reviews uh, when big albums uh, would drop. Thanks to COVID, of course, uh, the music world slowed down drastically and we were limited on big releases uh, that were knowledge- that were usually knowledgeable on. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks ago, our good friend Jay Cole announced that his new album, The Offseason, uh, would be dropping. Um, and after a full week of listening to it and really soaking it in and, you know, just studying it and, and whatnot, uh, here's our review, our first review episode. And we're starting it off with J. Cole on uh, the off season. But besides that, there's no better way. Uh, you know, we like to get some guests going on. And what better way to start it off with our dear friend, G. Uh, G is the person who made us look super sexy in all those uh, merch f- photos and those cars and everything. So, G, welcome to the all-time podcast. A first-time uh, special guest on our episode, man. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. G, thank you for having photographer. me. Where can, he, where can people follow you? You can definitely follow me on Instagram at unframed.photographer. That's uh, unframed, U-N-F-R-A-M-E-D, dot photographer. Give him a follow. He's great. G uh, has been working so long in photography, studying in photography, and uh, what other better person to take pictures of us and finally have you on the episode, man. So uh, we want to thank you right off the bat. Uh, we're going to start off, man, by having you on this off-season J. Cole episode uh, with the perspective of three different uh, people. One being a non-J. Cole fan, another one, be- <laughs> <laughs> one being a mediocre J. Cole fan, which is me. And mediocre is not bad, FYI. And a huge fan... Uh, that probably has a poster somewhere in his room uh, of J. Cole, which is G. Uh, so let's let's do what we got to do. Let's let, let's talk about the album. We've soaked it in for about a week. I know some people say a week is not long, uh, but it's a good time to review this album. One thing I want to bring up before we get into it, guys, is uh, the album dropped uh, last Friday at 12 o'clock. The album dropped, and it's a full 39 to 40 minute album, right? Good length. Yeah, yeah. it's a good length. It's uh, he's had in the past really long albums, mm-hmm. like uh, like really long albums, and 40 minutes later, 45 minutes later, I read a tweet uh, from somebody that said, uh, and this is really 45 minutes after the 12 o'clock midnight mark that the album came out saying hey this is probably one of j cole's top two best albums so to me i don't know i I, it's just somebody that tweeted that and then you know elliot wilson likes to post other people's tweets yeah uh and i was just like okay can we please try and give the album a bit of time to breathe but you know Mm -hmm. what it's fine people get excited uh, I'm sure I would do the same thing if Kendrick would put out an album. Actually, no, I'm a liar. But if somebody else would put out put out an album, I'd probably get super excited. Uh, so let's really debate. Let's get into this album. 
um, let's go track by track our comments on the album. What I'd like to do first uh, is ask you guys, uh, and we'll start off with G, since you're the guest. What was your first reaction to hearing the album for the first time? And somebody like me goes through the album completely first and then goes back to it. So I want to know what you, what's the first uh, impression of the album when you listen to it? Well, unfortunately for me, I uh, I was a little um, impatient. So I listened to an uh, interlude that he, uh, that little interlude that he uh, dropped ahead of time. Personally, wish I didn't because it was a very nice song, um, and I listened to the climb back, which he released way before, in, back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first heard the album, first few words, hearing, um, I know Steve, you probably gonna want to talk about that, but hearing Cameron hit us really hard, right from the bat. I'm not gonna lie. That hit me hard. I was a little aggressive, but I liked it. I felt like it was something different that I haven't heard in any of J. Cole's past albums. Um, there's something I want to add to that. Uh, intros are very important to the way you start your album. And we'll get back to the track by track later on, but intros is super important. And I find that when you want to listen to an album and somebody like J. Cole it was not really intro oriented to his album it really takes you off into the right direction but let's keep it at that for now that's your first impression uh did you like the album right off the bat or was it more something of like okay i gotta listen to it again uh no i had to listen to it a third time before i could say this is a decent album for me okay good that's good to know that's good to know because a lot of people jump the gun right away uh myself uh i'll go in quickly is I was like, this is good. This is a good 39-minute album. Uh, obviously, the beginning really took me off off guard, and, and I'll talk about that later. But uh, I like the flow of the album at first. And again, it's something that I needed to revisit and really put my headphones on. And I listened to it car, uh, headphones, and all that stuff, but it was a good, it was a good first impression. And you, Steve? Um. The first impression was was uh, the first impression was really a a fifty fifty for me. It felt very middle of the road, safe. Um, nothing sounded nothing sounded new to me, and that's not just for being a Cole album, but just a hip hop album in general. There was nothing that pulled me in towards it. I kind of felt like it was just a very safe rap album when I was expecting like especially that it was surprise like a not surprise release but it was announced on short notice I was expecting a record that was going to be like huh a change something something refreshing he's trying something new and first listen I just felt like it was just very safe middle of the road hip hop I'm I like that you say that I like that you say that because J. Cole is not somebody that really, really steps out of the box too much. He plays it the safe zone. Mm. Uh, you know, he's had a bunch of albums where they don't sound too, like, worked, if you know what I mean. Like, if you compare him to other artists, and I would say probably the the Kendrick or the, you know what, even the Drake they like to go out there and really experiment with their sound. 
Uh, I find J. Cole stays really to the side and does what he knows best. He might have switched it up from, I would say, KOD and what he did beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't really like, he's not that experimental type of artist. You know what I mean? Like he, he knows what his, his fans want. He knows what his fans like and he sticks to it. Right. So the one thing I find particular about this album is that, um, again, I know his catalog very limited, the, not limited, but I mean, I've, I've only visited it a couple of times. Born Sinner is probably the album I know the best. And 2014 w- was the one I enjoyed the most, even though I didn't really listen to it very much. But it feels like in a climate right now where everything's very politically charged, everyone's making a statement, everyone's coming out. He decided to, uh, to abandon that part of his music. And that's something that, like you said, Kendrick will always go out of his way with a concept. Drake will always go out of his way with a concept that's never, Drake is never really politically charged, but uh, J. Cole released an album during a time where he could have been more uh, J. Cole and just abandoned that and went straight safe. Middle of the road, nothing in the world is happening right now. Uh, I like that, that was you my impression from the album. Um, super, super on point with that. He does have a couple of songs where he's addressing, uh, like police brutality. Uh, he's addressing a bunch of small issues, but doesn't really dig deep as I think he should right now. And I see your face, G. So please add to that. <laughs> um, no, I kind of, I do definitely agree with that. Um, I feel like just the fact that so many artists right now have been addressing issues and have been trying to be like the voice of the people air quotes included um i feel like jago just felt like you know what so many people are doing this let me just stick to my classics stick to my hits stick to what people know i can do yeah personally i feel like that's what he was going for with that album yeah and i feel like it's it's kind of you know it's not what you would expect him to do in this type of situation you know like this was a this was a way for him to come out. This was this was a time for him to come out guns blazing, especially after that issue he had with No Name, where he claimed to be like the voice of the people, like show up, in my opinion. But that's that's not about the music. That's about the message he chose to deliver on the album. I was expecting more in that regard. Yeah, totally agree with you. Musically, uh, I have a different opinion though. Yeah. Which we'll and get exci- to as we go through the album. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear that. Uh, G, I'm asking you this directly to you. The no featuring bullshit. And finally having <laughs> features on the album. And I know people like to, and I know we have friends. I'm calling you out, Ant, right off the bat. We have people that say, oh, J. Cole has no features. He never has features. Man, G, help me with this featuring stuff because this is really not the right way to go with featurings. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with you. Um, the whole no featurings thing. J Cole's been featured on people's albums, but he's never like had other people work on his things. And I feel like he's always been that. Like, let's just say with the Dreamville album, he's always been that uh, Dreamville um, record label. He's been that like big brother kind of vibe, where it's like, yeah, I'll help you guys. 
but I don't need your help kind of vibe. And I didn't like that at first for the first two, uh, the last two albums. I didn't, I really, really did not like that vibe. But then uh, my personal idea is that he's been working on different people to help them perfect their craft before he can decide that he wants to have them featured on his stuff. Like I take 21 Savage as an example where I feel like 21 Savage, he needed to grow before being able to be featured on something that J. Cole's made. And he, J. Cole himself was featured on um, a lot by 21 Savage. And I think that song was what made 21 be able to grow, which in return made J. Cole say like, you know what? Come on to my album. Let me let me see what you can do with this song. Same thing with Bass. Um, I feel like Bass, since like he started with Dreamville, J. Cole kind of took him under his wing more than the others. And which is why I feel like he was able to bring them a little bit better into featurings. I feel like he needed to perfect the people that were going to be featured on his album. That's my personal idea of it. Can I chime in as somebody who's not a Cole fan? I think one of the highlights of this album are the collaborations. Oh, I really? Just, I, I really do. I think the no featuring thing, number one for me, the no featuring thing is not, um, has never been something that's very important to me. Uh, to put that into context as to why is that I, I like my, my favorite type of music is band oriented. So everything is a collaboration between your band writing the music, performing it. So for me, that you're one rapper or that you have a guest verse, it doesn't alter. Uh, I mean, yes, of course, everybody has to put in work. But what I'm saying is that your album has features or that it doesn't doesn't affect the way I see it. It doesn't impress me more if you put out a good record with no featurings. You know what I mean? You should be able to do that. It's your record. When you have featurings, it just kind of... it it it. And especially if they're interesting ones, it kind of makes the chances of certain songs being more interesting. In this case, I think the collaborations with Bass, with 21 Savage, with Lil Baby were incredible choices to go get. Especially that you wouldn't see this kind of Cole guy with Lil Baby on his album, 21 Savage, on a Cole album, like you just said. It's not exactly the type of collaboration you would see Cole having and they worked very well. They offset each other very well. Another, another thing I just wanted to add is that, like, even if you look at this album, if you look at the amount of featurings that he's had, one, two, three, four, I think he's had, like, six different Something people. Like that, that's yeah. it. Like, yeah. nothing else. And the whole thing that he was saying about, like, band-oriented albums, I'm listening to a J. Cole album. You know, I'm not listening to, mm. like, a collab album. Okay, that's my personal idea on something. So it's like if I'm gonna listen to one person solo, I'm yeah. okay with that. But then well, if you're really gonna add people, you need to like, you need to head it differently. You need to have people that know what they're doing. My personal opinion. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. But also consider this: a lot of hip hop albums don't consist of one rapper and one producer. It's one rapper and multiple producers. That in and of itself is a is an another collaboration. You're still choosing your collaborators in terms of like the type of instrumentals you want to compile on out. Like you want to compile different producers, music's music 
to create a, a, a cohesive record, it kind of like adding a featured guest contributes to that same aspect as well, I find. But but you're you're right. You want a cool album. You want to hear him first before anything else. Like he needs to impress you more than anybody else does. You're absolutely right. Um, let's. Uh, it's all good points. Let's just jump in back into the track listing because I have a lot to say with uh, regard with regards to featureings. But I want to keep it to the tracks uh, once we go in. So let's uh, deep dive with the songs. Uh, Steve, I texted you this when the album came out because I'm, I'm very excited for the first song, uh, yeah. intro 95 South. So I'm going to take the lead on this and then you guys could jump in. Um, 95 South. So I was patiently waiting for Conway to drop uh, his album so I could buy on uh, on his website at midnight. So I said, you know what? Griselda episode and you found no. the way. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but it, it goes with my fucking story. Listen, so... I, I'm waiting online and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the Cole album. I'm up, whatever. So I, I, I pressed play and I put my phone down. So the beat starts. It's very like hazy uh, background music. And I'm, and I hear a camera and I'm like, did I press on the wrong album? So I pick up my phone and I look and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. And then I thought in my head, I'm like, this is fucking cool. Like this is cool. As a, as a, as a super Cameron fan, I was like, what better way to start the album with Cameron talking shit, but this is so left for J Cole. This has nothing to do with J Cole. Like Mm -hmm. to me, it took me like, okay, this guy is, is already trying to do something different with his album and really set the tone for his album. Because once the song starts, and J. Cole starts rapping and the beat kicks in and it just becomes just straight, just going in. Like, but basically like he's freestyling, but it's all written. I really thought this album was going to fucking be really upwards after this. Can and I tell you why? Yes, please. You said somebody released a song this week that sounded like Dipset versus going back to back just bars. Yeah. Who put out that song? Uh, Nicki Minaj featuring Lil Wayne and Drake. Cameron opened this album the same way Nicki Minaj opens My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And J. Cole's first line delivery on 95 South is very much like the opening line to Dark Fantasy. Just very that, good he's, point. he's saying different things here. So your expectations are are the same that mine were when I first heard this, yes. Yeah, so I was just I was I was taken back and I was just like this is this is this is for me. He, this is gonna J. be Cole, something, yeah. J. Cole was like, you know what? Steven's a okay fan of mine. He he pins points a bunch of negative stuff. I need to get him in. Which better way? And him putting on camera and really took it off right there. So for me, number one thing anytime I'm listening to an album is the intro. The intro doesn't get me. I tend to just press pause and go do something else. Um, if there's one intro that really, really hit me, it was the one with uh, from 21 Savage's album, where it's uh, Morgan Freeman talking. Yes. If an intro can capture you or like captivate your ears and like really get you into it and you're like, whoa, this is about to be a movie, mm. 
I'm going to listen to the whole thing full on out. And for me, 95 South, hearing Cameron, hearing, for me, it was kind of like that big brother kind of saying like, yo, you guys are about to listen to my little brother spit right now. So everybody just like shut up and like just listen to what he has to say. And for me, that was something that hit. I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to listen. Let's see what he has to say. So 95 South, I love the intro. I love the way that, that captivated you from the first like 20 seconds of the song. Can I complain so, about it? Yeah. So the Cameron intro, like I said, and into the way that Cole comes on the beat and the beat drops before the verse kind of starts, I was instantly reminded of why I don't like J. Cole. Cole been going plat since back when CDs was around. He's always reminding you of his accomplishments as though to say like, I know I mentioned in the same breath as Drake and Kendrick like we just did before, but I got to still remind you about it. That bothers me, and that's part of why I can't get into him as much. Whereas if he would have just came around, Drake hasn't put out any music, Kendrick hasn't put out any music, a lot of rappers haven't put out great music in a little while now. Just take the throne, just do it. I don't need to be reminded of where you sit amongst the rest. And that bothered me because the off season was supposed to be, uh, I don't know. It was supposed to be something that like, like nobody's putting out music right now. So you have all the space to work. Just take it. Yeah. You guys find that Cole is, 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 is uh, very dependent on reminding people of his accomplishments without just continuing to reach for new things, new heights? With the way everybody else is, like, you say Drake, and you'll have, like, 50,000 teenagers saying, like, oh, my gosh, Drake, 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 Drake. Uh, same thing with the baby now. Same thing with, like, Kendrick. You'll have that. I feel like J. Cole has that sort of small window of um, viewers or listeners that he's yeah. like, you know what? If I'm going to put something out, I need to remind the world of why I belong, why I belong here, why I'm okay. like this. He said that in his uh, in the 2014 Forza Drive album as well, where he was there was like a little voiceover talking about the crown, and he's like, just as he tries to grab it, it disappears. And I think that in itself is like an an analogy of him trying to be like, yo, I deserve this crown. Yet my popularity is not as high as everybody else. Let me remind people why I deserve this crown. I feel like he's constantly trying to yeah. tell people like, yo, let this be mine. Like, why is this not mine yet? Mm -hmm. I think that's why he constantly reminds people of his accomplishments because people tend to forget them really, really fast. Right. Um, second song, Amari. And I'm jumping mm -hmm. into this one because it's a two different sounding. It goes yeah, from sure. very, very heavy to very mellow uh, at first i did not like this song i was like eh, not a good second song on to put on the album with time i i i i figured it fit better towards listening to it three four times mm -hmm. uh, the thing i like about this song is it doesn't sound like a timbaland beat when it's a timbaland beat yeah uh he, again there's timbaland j cole t minus 
and somebody else that's on this. So this, the beat was very uh, played with all over the place. There was a bit of additions everywhere. So that's probably why. But I like what he did with the song. Um, I like that he changed up his flow. Uh, he sang. He kind of did some different things on it. Uh, to me, right now, it's one of the standout tracks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Does this song sound like something from another artist by any chance? Uh, I can't put my finger on, so I'm guessing you're going to tell me. Is it? Uh, does it not sound like it could have been a, a song on What a Time to Be Alive? You have a point there. It's it 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 carries that kind of like pop, that thing that Drake and Future were doing on What a Time to Be Alive. Mm-hmm. So now the first track we said opens up with a call back to Dark Fantasy, and the second track calls back to What a Time to Be Alive. I think the theme on this album that I have going throughout is that there's a lot of borrowing going mm-hmm. on. And borrowing is fine, but it seems, and, and like you said, what you said about this being a Timbaland beat and doesn't sound like a Timbaland beat is it sounds like guys playing catch up. There's a couple mm. of sounds we didn't, we didn't do when they were relevant. Let's, let's see it. Let's see how we could do them. Maybe not. Let's see how we could do them now, but let's switch up our style. But they happen to sound like things that used to be relevant. And I've yeah. first, listen, this was a standout track for me. Not anymore. Oh, really? So this this one got you right away. It caught my attention right away because, like you said, it was so different. I was like, oh, okay. I, I caught those Drake vibes right away. I keep saying Drake in this episode, but I caught that right away from the song. And as I kept listening to the album, it it felt more like a a transition song, a song that like was leading up to the next good thing, you know? Transition, perfect, perfect right. way of putting it. Fuck. My issue about that song, I'm not gonna lie, as much as I'm a J. Cole fan, I could not, I can't listen to Amari through. Like, I'll listen to probably halfway through and I tend to uh, just skip to the next song. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, my, yeah, mainly because I feel like it's like, damn, this is something I've heard countless times from different people. I wanna hear something new. You know, I feel like, the whole catch-up thing is is the greatest example. I feel like, you know, when it's like everybody has the PS5 now, but now you're on the PS4 and you're like, damn, guys, look at this. It's like, bro, we've seen this before. <laughs> like, get onto the new stuff that everybody's on. And as much as I love J. Cole, that's what Amari brought out for me. I was like, damn, mm. I've heard this from the past five artists that I listened to just yesterday. Mm. And this is their old stuff from 2019, 2020. Yeah. Where's where's the new stuff that J. Cole's able to do? Ah, so you guys are okay. So I'm the one falling back. It's and not, you guys but are the <laughs> but but that's very interesting because this isn't the type of hip hop you typically listen to. Absolutely not. And that's why you found it different. That's why you found it more interesting. It's totally normal. And at first I didn't. It's 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 more towards the way the album was leading into and yeah. going back to it and stuff like that. Uh, but speaking of uh, the same thing, My Life, song three with uh, our good friend uh, 21 Savage um, yeah. and Murray, I guess. I have no idea who that person is, but that's the person uh, who was singing the chorus. And I, I, tweet, I tweeted, I Instagrammed mm-hmm. uh, this song. Uh, the chorus is actually borrowed from 
uh, Styles P. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. You just said the word again. Borrowed. Yeah. This chorus is borrowed from a song uh, on Styles P. Uh, Gangster and a Gentleman album, uh, My Life, sang by Pharaoh Munch on the song uh, with Styles P. Uh, My Life, which is actually super interesting. The first time I the first time I heard the chorus on this J Cole album, I was like, "This is from somewhere," and right away it brought to me back to that Styles P. So I went back and listened to it. And it's, it's actually J Cole and Pharrell Mach had a conversation where J Cole told me that he was a super big fan of the song and that he was going to borrow uh, the chorus. Uh, and, and I'm very like very heavy on people that listen to certain albums that find something like the way I found that this chorus is from that song, need to go back and do the research because the two songs kind of tie into the same thing about what they're talking about. Yep. Uh, and the chorus sung by probably one of my top 50 rappers of all time, Pharaoh Munch. To me, that was, you know, Pharaoh Munch is top 50. I hope he's top 50. Do you, do you ha- do you, can you think of 49 people you'd put ahead of him? I mean, you're big on Faramont. Yes. Uh, he's probably top 20 for me. But anyways, uh, it's not a Faramont episode, but we could do one of those one day. Uh, like, there's a whole different side of the story for this song. And people need to just go do a bit of their research, G. And I'm sure you have already, because you know the way I am. Uh, but it's super important. But let me get into 21 Savage being a featuring on this because I really like the song. I really like the what was going on and 21 Savage being super mature on this. And oh, I think God. that the, the 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 kid has grown up. Yeah. Uh, he he fits into the song. Uh, he did super well. He he knows what that chemistry is with J Cole. Now they've done mm-hmm. uh, two songs, I think, or three songs together. I'm not sure. Probably two. And it really, they have that chemistry together. So they, it really fits well. So for this being technically J. Cole's first featuring uh, in a long time on a J. Cole album, yeah. it fits super well. I have a sweet spot for 21 Savage. I think he's I think he's one of the better, uh, I don't want to use the term mumble. Like he's not really mumble, is he? I don't know. He used to mumble a fuck ton, Steve. You remember he used when to he be was... a mumble rapper. Yeah, definitely. yeah. But, but I mean, Steve, you know how I felt about him? Like... With that yes. uh, that mixtape was with Offset and uh, Metro Boomin. That was, was good, ghost? but I'm saying the first the, the the one that he was alone on. Oh, Savage Mode, the first one. Is it Savage Mode? I forget. It's mm. one of them. It's one of them. I think it's Savage Mode, or but maybe yeah, it's still. I, is... I, I like this guy, man. I think he's. Uh, I think he's good. I uh, I like Twenty One. Yeah. I didn't like 21 at first. And I think it was the mumble rapper part. Like, uh, for me, that whole group of, uh, I'm gonna, like the double XL um, freshman. freshman year, like that, his group, I hate everybody in his group. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm being so straight honest, and I hated him at first. And I feel like um, Savage Mode 1 was a good album it was a it was a, it was okay then you got savage mode 2 and you had that one song that i talked about earlier yeah. a lot and a lot for me was where even in even as much as the music video you saw where it's like okay he's kind of growing up let's see what else he can do 
And then you got this song and you were like, holy moly, this is a whole different 21 Savage. And personally, I will say it. I feel like J. Cole played a big role on him growing up and being a better version of himself where rapping is concerned. And yeah, just even with the what he says in the lyrics were incredible to me. I, I liked it. It went perfectly with with the song itself. Like sometimes you'll have a featuring where they, they just say something that's completely irrelevant to what the person was rapping about. And no, uh, I think he I think he went really well with what he had to say and it came out properly. Yeah, this this song at first to me, like I because when Steve posted that Instagram thing, I was like, let this be the first song that I check out. Cause I wasn't I wasn't like at my desk listening to to music. So I just checked out track three. Actually track one, because I wanted to hear the camera thing, then track three. And at first listen, it was corny. Cause like I, I'm not a big fan of like those choruses that are sung, that are epic, that are but then as I got through like my fourth, fifth, sixth listen of the album, like this is definitely like a clear-cut standout track. My life, like this is this could be the next single here. Well, oh, I hope it is. I really, really hope it is. Um, just, just because I need to say it because this is you, the freshman class that he was on. <laughs> uh, the the other rappers that were on this. And this is a really shit freshman class. No offense to some of the good people on here. Kodak Black, 21 Savage, uh, Uzi Vert, Lil Yachty. Just those names. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is... And I, I don't want to be a hater, but really shit music. FYI. People, really like, people really like Uzi, though. We never got into him, but people really like him. He's he really he's really a crybaby, big time crybaby. But anyways, not too much time on shit rappers. Uh, <laughs> the next song being applying pressure, nothing, not a lot to say on this song. Uh, just a, another, just another song. Uh, nothing to stand out for me. You guys have anything to say on this song? I, I I think this is some of the most honest rapping from J Cole on applying pressure. The fourth song. And and it's I don't like the outro of the song where he's like kind of calling people out like in like a again like in Kanye fashion just putting everyone on blast there, but what he's saying in the verses are are I mean to sum this 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 track down is like stop, like like start like there's there's a line I wish I had wrote it down but it's about broke rappers, start start rhyming more about being broke like more people will, um, more people will associate to that you know. Yeah, but we've that's, heard that's, about all the rich stuff. Like, let's hear your real life. Let's hear what's real. You know, uh, I just like hearing that from a rapper. And I've always said the whole thing about uh, I'm I'm saying his name too much, but Drake was that. Yes, he's rich. Yes, he's this. Yes, he's that. But in his music, uh, versus like a, a a Rick Ross, for example, he's relatable because he's talking to about personal. He's talking about relationships. He's talking about one-on-ones he's talking about real things whereas rick ross is to me the most as much as i enjoy it it's the most unrelatable music i don't i don't live the rick ross life so i don't understand it you know yeah and that's what i like about this cold thing is he's saying we need more of that it's a big brother song it's a big bro song you know what i mean like he's he's being very positive and 
you have a point with the broke rappers. Like too many people are talking about what they have. Yeah. Uh, and that's really what J. Cole does. That's why to me it wasn't super stand up because I've hearing J. Cole doing this is this is what J. Cole does. And, right. and that and, and you see that throughout the album too. Uh so let's go to song five, uh punch in the G, clock. Did you have anything about uh, about yeah, applying pressure? Personally, no. I okay. listened to it, it was a great song, all in all. One thing I liked, um mention once again him trying to mention all his uh successes and stuff mm-hmm. um he did it again in this song i feel like he does it a lot in this album but yeah again that's who j cole is i feel can i add an interesting point about applying pressure yeah so so steve knows that i've been falling out of not falling out of love with hip-hop but especially in these pandemic times like i haven't been too interested in it because in in other words when you listen to like current rap it kind of just downplays the situation that everyone is actually in mm-hmm. like people need like if people turn to music right now they turn to it because we need an escape so when you listen to something like in my opinion a little baby or a ross or whatever it's all glamour and we're completely ignoring everything that's going on what i found applying pressure and maybe not a highlight track but highlight lyrics was in saying that you're also just kind of asking your peers to level yourself we're told that rappers have money and that that, you know it's all it's all nice things but a lot of the times these people don't have all those nice things and are are even less well off than normal people that listen to them you know, so what I find nice about this kind of stuff is it's just like level yourself with your fan base. Like everyone's looking for something to relate to right now. And I think Agreed. on this track, Cole is 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 doing just that. He's kind of letting people know that like we don't need all this. We don't need like for you to flash everything you've got right now. Like let's be let's be like collectively on the same level. I find that mm-hmm. great. There's not enough of that. So, uh, punching the clock, quick, in and out, uh, super, super cool, like interlude. I like that that he did that between applying pressure and then the the song after that. Yeah, uh, it's not too long. I, you know what? Sometimes you don't have to get a message across in so long of a song, but just really going in and and doing what he did with this. I enjoyed that. Like two minute songs, back to back, boom, boom, was super good. Uh, one thing I want to say about uh, punching, uh, punching the Clock or Punch the Clock. One thing I liked is the sample that he took from a Damien Lillard uh, interview. Uh, it's kind of interesting because he's been uh, very present in the basketball world lately. So for him to kind of bring that in to say like hey guys by the way i'm also doing basketball uh and just to bring in that kind of interview it was that interview was amazing i actually listened to the damian lillard interview and he was talking how he's like i'm a straight to the point kind of guy it's like i came in to do this this is what i'm gonna do i don't beat around the bush so to have that as the intro sample to his song was pretty interesting too can I can I highlight the beat here? Yeah. When I first heard it, just like a little comment like that, 
this was like a beat I heard Method Man coming on to. Oof. I don't <laughs> know why. This was a this was like a, a, a modern Tikal beat. Go back and hear this tomorrow and, and, and tell me like how you feel. But I just okay. heard this some this was something Meth could have taken. It kind of feels like a like a freestyle yeah. um type of beat. Yeah. Mm. I love like those something was just straight off the dome type of yeah. song, nothing else. Like you don't have a, like a song like this is like at some point it's like yeah I'm gonna put it on last minute. I'm sure this song was a last minute addition to the album. Hey, I need to put something else in. Let me put this one in. Boom. Hmm. Uh, song six, a hundred mil, uh, featuring Bass. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Bass, G. Uh, we spoke about it last. I think this week or last week at work of. Bass being one of your favorite members of Dreamville, or am I lying to myself? Nope, definitely. Bass is one of my top. Uh, Too High to Write was my favorite Bass album. Oh, wow. Yeah, I To this day, I still listen to it. Um, But uh, I'm not even actually, not even going to talk about Bass for this song. I was going to talk about the fact that Steve's been talking about Drake a lot in this episode. It's kind of funny because in this song, J. Cole actually disses Drake very, very subliminally. What did he say? So the fact that um, Drake lately has been known to be kind of like that guy that tends to break up couples to or to like be that kind of homewrecker. Um, J. Cole had a, uh, Drake had a song before talking about how um, talking about J. Cole's wife saying like how oh you got to be careful because your wife seems kind of kind of flaky I know what you're getting at, you're getting at. Mm-hmm. and then he said it straight he's like I don't even care J. Cole said straight I don't care if it's Michael B. Jordan that's calling my woman uh, she's not going to yeah. pick up sadly I can't say the same for the rest of you guys like for me that's he was like yo don't worry about me like I'm I'm good where I'm at and that was clever. For me, that hit me hard. I heard that. I re- I had to rewind and re-listen to that again. Huh. That's a that's a that's a big thing, G. That's that's sneak dissing. I like that. <laughs> I, I mean, think I I know where you're coming from, and it really makes more sense that you put it in perspective like that and you finger pointed that. Sneak dissing is necessary. It's so necessary. Some people they try and like they try and come after you and you just have to put them in their place. Be like, listen, I don't have to make a full on this album to get back at you. I just need to let you know here. I'm, let me let you mention you in this one song and tell you, don't worry about me. I worry about my own and, and I'm good. That, that verse in particular though, is very, very interesting. And it kind of goes back to the whole you know, things that come up on different types of the album, on different times on the album. But he talks about his kids on this album. He talks about his struggles on this album. I mean, this is things he's probably, he he may have done in the past, maybe not the kids, because I know he had a kid in between albums uh, from what I hear. But like this verse starts, never peddled the rock, never said a lot. So right, like right off the bat, he's not trying to play the same game as as other, uh, that other rappers have. He comes from a city that a lot of people don't know of until they heard his first record. I like um, that. You know, the, there's things he mentions here that are like, that separate him from the rest of the batch. And when you say that line, 
uh, the the Michael B. Jordan part. It's it's cool that you said you took it as a sneak this. I I took it more as like like my family. Yes, I have family, like as in my 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 Dreamville people, but I have an actual family, and that family isn't not isn't like the family everyone like you guys might have commenting on maybe the Kanye's or the, you know, like my family is, is, is an actual family. I took it like that. But, but if that's a sneak, this and sure. Yeah, that's good. I think it was like, yeah, the fact that it was a sneak this is because like you said, they, he doesn't have a family like Kanye's family. And personally, that's why I love, I'm going to say J Cole, Snoop Dogg and Childish Gambino. These guys are well known, but their family isn't. Kendrick, and Kendrick as well, yeah. and these are the, these are the type of people that are like, let me be well known and take care of my family. I don't need my kids wilding out on the news. I don't need my wife or my girlfriend wilding out on the news. Let me take mm. care of my. Let me be the one that's in the limelight. Yeah, it's like it's 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 really like like the music thing is a career. It's not a, it's not a, it's not something they, they fuck around with. It's a, it's, 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 it's made to feed the family. Yeah. It's, you got to respect that for sure. Uh, everybody's probably favorite song, Anthony Nobili's favorite song. We're never going to stop <laughs> hearing about this song uh, for the rest of people's lives. Uh, gee, you're already unmuted because I see a big smile on your face. Uh, Pride is the devil uh, featuring a uh, little baby. Uh, you guys go first and I'll just finish this one off. Can, if can you I don't just mind. say something funny? Cause I don't like, I think the song is very good, but, but something funny when the song started and Cole started rapping, I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the, for the featured guest. And when <laughs> yes. the featured guest came on, I was like, why the fuck does he sound like this? And I was actually expecting the baby and not little baby. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, this is the other baby. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, this is the one with the Drake song. Okay, fine. And then it made sense. But when the when the verse started, I was like, why the fuck is he? Why does he sound like, like, like he just his brain fried or whatever? And I was like, oh, the other one. <laughs> I love how you said brain fried. Uh, you guys, you guys kicked this one off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely took a swing, and it was completely left field for him for this one. Little baby in yeah. general is like, yo, he's part of the little pumps and the little peeps and the little zans and all of them. Like, he's part of those guys that you're like, whoa, like, what's up with these kids? Like, what's wrong with them? And I feel like the same way he did it for, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Lil Pump that he, that he spoke to. He had that interview with. Yes. So, and then he, you know, he spoke to him in, uh, 1985 now he has this song and he's like you know what let me let me be the big brother that i'm supposed to be to these new rappers and he says that in middle child he's like i'm little bro and big bro all at once and i think he met and i think that's what this album is from having um uh killer cam at the beginning to saying you know what let me help these youngins and put them as featurings in my album now he has little baby in here and it's like you start off the album and you start off the song and you're like, wow, like J. Cole is hitting this amazingly. 
And then you you hear a little baby's voice and you're like, oh, geez. But then he's kind of like, a, oh, geez, he's going to trip. And Jago kind of holds his hand and says, you're not going to trip. Let me help you do this, 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 this to make the song sound proper. I like the song. Uh, I think it's a good song. The featuring doesn't bother me. If I'm going to be, I'm, if I'm going to really keep it 100% honest with you, he fits the song. Um, my my problem with it is you could have gone to get anybody else that would have done the same thing or better. And and that's just being me, old man. Uh, I don't like these guys. Uh, I'm not saying like it's not a good song and that he was a shit featuring. I'm saying that anybody could have done it. If you're going to grab a featuring on your album, get somebody who's going to stand out. Little Baby doesn't stand out on this. His verse isn't strong. He just, he's basically that filler. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying this is hating, but J.I.D., Jid, whatever you want to call him, that's part of your camp, would have did 10 times better as a featuring. Uh, you could have put fucking, I don't know, give me another one of those guys that, that raps like this on this. That well, would have sound- sounded good on this. Well, because he has a higher tone voice, I no, find. No, ba- you find? Yeah. I find Lil Baby is the more higher tone voice. Well, I don't know. One of, one of them is just, I don't know. It just, anybody could have done this. And maybe J. Cole went this route to get more people to uh, gravitate towards his album, which is fine. But the problem with a, with, a, with, a, with a featuring like this is that it doesn't do... So it's a filler. It doesn't do so much for the song or for the album. You want to have a featuring on there that's going to really make it stand out. And right now, a guy like Little Baby is that guy right now. Okay, next year he won't be that guy because somebody that sounds exactly like him is going to sweep him away. He is just that filler between we had F- Future, we had uh, Young Thug. It's a domino effect. We have Migos. And everybody's on to the next one. Nobody cares about these artists anymore. Nobody cares about the future. Nobody cares about uh, Young Thug. They care about Little Baby, and that's why he's on this album. Next year, if J. Cole would have came out with an album, Little Baby wouldn't have been anywhere there because right after, it would be the next guy. Where's Roddy Rich nowadays? Probably forgotten about somewhere in a cloud, and he's ne- he's going to put out an album no one's going to give two fucks about. <laughs> uh Again, you saying that like, oh, um, nobody's going to care about him later on. I think J. Cole also knows that. And I think, again, like that's the whole Big Brother vibe. Like he had his song and it's like his mom told him, you have to bring your brother along with you. You can't leave the house without your little brother. And that's what it was. I think he's like, mumble rap is dying. Let me get these kids to stop doing mumble rap. Like, and I think that's what, little baby was here for i think you could kind of hear it like you hear that he's mumbling but that he's like also trying his hardest not to do that mumble rap there's no voice effects on he's not using voice effects and and that's why 21 savage fits fits this album so much more because 21 savage is actually like he he's matured he's a mature rapper uh, to a certain extent, obviously, he's not Talib Kweli here, but he's 
get coming into his own. He knows what he needs to do to get around. You know what I mean? Also, the fact that you were saying like he could have had anybody from his camp. I think that he knows that the guys from his camp are already they're already good. They're set. They don't need they don't need that extra help. So that's why he didn't need to have them. Even as much as having like IDK on his on this, IDK would have done this way better than Lil Baby. Yes. But even the other guy, I'm anime, anime, the guy that sits on the toilet bowl. Uh, Amine, exactly. Amine, Jesus. <laughs> so you guys, you guys mentioned Amine, which I'm gonna just throw out there. The song was produced by the same producer. So there's a sample in this song that came from an Amine song, which is actually produced by the same producer. <laughs> So that's totally lazy production, but that's that that's a different thing. I I disagree with you guys in saying that I think Lil Baby's perfect for this feature. The whole point of the song is Pride is the Devil. The whole point of the song is 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 kind of um J. Cole is carrying you through his career up to date and the moments where he's had to put his pride ahead. In, in order to kind of get ahead in the game. And I find there's no other way to compliment this song than to bring somebody who right now is, whether you like him or not, somewhere at the top or within the top, like within the, 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 the heavy hitters in hip hop right now. And you say the feature, like he could have just came in and, and it could have been anybody else. It could have been anyone from J. Cole's camp, but not with the type of lyrics that Lil Baby's putting onto this track. He's just coming out talking about money and cars and, and being like doing his typical thing, pride. That's where he is right now. Cole's gone through it. And I think that's the point of the song to kind of show you I've gone through this. I've had to, uh, I've had to show off at times and then puts you on a verse of somebody who's in the middle of that part of their career. I find it kind of works really well in this song. Another song yeah. that could be the next single too facts that the fact that his um like his camp is too mature for this song like exactly for the, what the meaning of this song is supposed to be exactly like they they're at that stage with him so he needs somebody who's in the younger group to be like well this is where i'm at right now and this is what yeah. i'm talking about right now and he's like you don't need to talk about that anymore exactly it's kind of like he he's he's he presents you with the things he's had to do in his career and then says oh you know this guy who's doing it right now. And he takes you away with a verse of that, of that nature, you know? I think it works well. I don't think it's my favorite song on the album, but I could see how this would be a highlight to others. Well, the next song, and thank good segue, Steve. I like it when you do that. You set me up for success. <laughs> the next song, uh, Let Go My Hand, uh, featuring Bass and uh, Black, yeah, uh, is probably my favorite song on the album. Me too. Uh, I really enjoyed what J. Cole did with this. He did a lot of storytelling on here, but he really gravitated to being super... Uh, how do I say this and not sound like... Not fatherhood, but very mature in speaking to you. Like, he's really speaking to you as a person. The listener as like, take my advice... He's leveled Look what I'm, with you. Yeah, exactly. He's super yeah. leveled with you. And uh, the 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 lyrics that really stood out to me, and I was like, fuck. Like, he's put, like, what he's saying is actually going to happen to me. 
uh, and he wrote, I, I want to be my biggest fan, like how I was when didn't nobody know my gems. Today, my son said, dad, let go my hand, reminded me one day he's going to be his own man. And my job is to make sure he's equipped, you know, like, and then going on with what he says after, it's just like, like, you know what, like I'm a father, like, like he's talking to me, like I, I, I can relate to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it really gravitated to me that, that I need to make sure that like, you know, my son grows up properly and I'm there for my son and stuff like that. And, and he probably, cause I'm a father, but like, it's just really setting that example for being like, a, like the, what he's saying in his music versus what other people are doing with their music and it kind of is the adult in me that really likes hearing this from some people but he's a really matured level uh artist and you could see this in in this song and in the rest of the album mm-hmm. yeah one thing i actually really liked is the same thing that you said as much as i'm not a father um i felt like that that was definitely special like to say like He's been so busy with his music stuff. It's like he probably didn't have time to realize my son's growing up. Like my son doesn't need me to hold his hand anymore. Like, you know, when you're so busy doing the same routine, 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 routine. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like you're thinking, okay, yeah, my kid is like three years old. I'm supposed to do this. It's like, oh, newsflash. Your kid's not three anymore. Your kid's a, a little bit older. He doesn't need you to do this, this, this anymore. So it's like, it kind of makes you take a step back and it's like, oh, let me take a pause. Let me actually like reflect on my life. Let me see like the people that I probably have been neglecting. You know, it's like fatherhood is not the easiest things for most of these rappers. And some of them, it's like, you don't even know that they have kids. J. Cole, you don't know that he has kids. Uh, again, Childish Gambino, you don't know that he has two, two boys. You know, it's like these people, they're so busy on their work and on their craft that they sometimes neglect their family and i think that's what this song was like just the title itself let go of my hand it's like he doesn't like his kids like i don't need your help for this anymore but the part that you stopped steve that you stopped that where he said i gotta make sure that like you know he's nobody's bitch and like you know you gotta make sure that nobody tries to like to get at him and then him saying like well you know what even if somebody tries to get at you and you're afraid, don't be afraid because like, oh, I used to be like that. I'm not about to lie to you and make you think that I was this, this, that type of person. And he even says it. If I said that I was the toughest growing up, I would be lying. That's something for me. That's like, whoa, okay. Like he's uh, he's opening up and letting you see like his vulnerable side yeah. in a way. Yeah, I think this is like uh, easily the for me the best track on this album. Uh, you guys said everything I would have said about it. Uh, next song, interlude. Uh, this was the first, uh, not really, but he released this the week before. Yeah, uh, I really didn't care much for it because it was a two minute thirteen song, and didn't really like. I just I, I think it was a bad idea to put this out but also a good idea to where the fact is like oh here's two minutes of what my album's gonna sound like it fits well in the album it fits totally well in the album i think that's the point 
I don't think he wanted to release My Life or, the, or Pride is the Devil, as we said, as a lead single a week before the album comes out. He wants to tease you with a snippet, right? Yeah. If he wanted a lead single, he would have put them out a month ago. So people built up anticipation. He wanted you to, he wanted to catch you off guard here. Um, the next song, actually, and the, way I'm, the reason why I'm jumping in so quick is the climb yeah. back is actually a song that came out months ago uh maybe even what like six months ago did it did it even come out in 2021 i'm not sure but july 2020 it yeah, was 2020 july. surprisingly this fell onto the album i didn't uh it fits don't get me wrong and the subject matter that coming out in july 2020 really fit the time and now it's more of a uh, how do you say this? More of a hey, wait, wait a minute, guys. It's probably on the album to say this. These things are still happening. There's there, there's still uh, insight. We still need to be aggressive with what's going on. We need to understand what's going on. This is probably why he put it on the album. It was also praised when it came out, right? It was yeah. it was praised as one of his better rap tracks, as, as one of the songs where he came on lyrically as as uh, uh, as having not proved himself as a rapper, but showing off some of his best penmanship. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. also why it maybe probably it probably made it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the climb back came about a while ago. We don't have to really talk about it. It was just a, it's a good track. It's like you said, Steve, one of his better rapping tracks. And again, it fits the album. It's a good way from interlude to, yeah. to go into the climb back. Uh, song 11, Close. I really enjoyed this song. Uh, it's another rapping song. Uh, the beat is very, you know, in the same in the same area as the climb back and interlude. I like when J. Cole does that. Like, I'm not going to start going into what the lyrics are about and stuff like that. That when J. Cole can rap, J. Cole does a good job at it. And these are the type of beats he should stick to when he's making an album. One thing I'm gonna say is this song reminded me of. Porn Center. Yes. This song is Scream's Born Sinner album. And I feel like it's like if Born Sinner was in 2021, this is what it would sound like. like totally. The way, he, the way he flows, the way it just like feels like it rolls off the tongue. And surprisingly, it's a song where he has no featurings. It's a song where he has no no samples from anybody at the beginning is straight J. Cole. Yeah. Um, then the last song, the last song, that being Hunger on Hillside yeah. with Baz for the 20th time on this album. No, I'm kidding. The third time. Uh, good outro to, to end off the album. It really yeah. fades out. I find That's, the tracks nine interlude, the climb back, close, and hunger on hillside to me just feel like a, a, an EP or a, or a closing uh, movement to the album that just really fall one into the other really well. Uh, that's it's perfectly said. It, 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 it's a good way to end off your album. Yeah. So it's very hard to end off an album and to put what song because some people really don't know how song structure. This was planned and executed properly yeah funny enough this song 
And when I say funny enough, I hate this movie, but this song makes me, it reminds me of Sound of Music. The way you, everything, all the climax, everything that just happened, and then is like that peaceful little, little pull back of the camera and it's just like, okay, let the dust calm down and all right, this the album's done. I hope yeah. you enjoyed it kind of vibe. Yep. And that goes with what you said about 95 South being the intro that kind of draws you right in, like you're about to start that movie, right? So this is like we said the we said our our, our the last track on the album. So as we move into our closing thoughts, I find this is the closest J. Cole ever came to a complete. We're starting here and we're ending here and we're going to get through a body of work that's going to maybe not tell a story, but it's going to, like, everything's going to follow into the next thing. Uh, so what's your final score, Steve? I'm going with you first on You're this one. I want final to, score? Okay. Yeah, I need to, why? If you, if you well, want to, well, let, let me recap really quick. Because we each had different opinions here. So let's do mm-hmm. a recap and a final Non-fan. Score. Non-fan. Of, non-fan. Of J. Cole. Non-fan. Or should we leave me for last so it builds suspense? Okay, G, go first because you're <laughs> go the fan. The, so. Go with go the J. With Cole the super fan at first. Okay. Um, if I was to go, I would say, and I think we talked about this earlier, Steve, where it was like each album was a different thing for J. Cole. You know, you had, um, actually, I, thought, I talked about it with somebody else. It's like, you had um sideline story where it was like, okay, J. Cole's young, he's starting, he's doing his thing. It's like, okay, cool. We we got an introduction. Then you had um uh Born Center, where it was like, whoa, um, J. Cole's kind of preaching on some subjects that are that people need to know about. Then you had four, 2014 Forest Hill Forest Hill Drive for me. And again, that's my top favorite J. Cole album of all times. Um, it was just him telling us about his childhood. Like it was, you know, he had a song where he apologizes to his mom and stuff like that. The other two for me were, were lost for me. Um, for your eyes only, it was, it wasn't for the people. It was literally, he just made an album for his friend's daughter. It was lost for me and kids on drugs. I got to admit, I listened to it, I think twice. And then that was it. This for me, was like, if I never listen to a J. Cole album again, or if he never makes music again, I'll be content with it. Like, the way this album ends, for me, could be like, okay, well, now I'm done with music because of the way he ended it. So for me, I I respect this album. I'm not going to put it above 2014, but it's a close, probably third place for me out of all his albums. And on 10? Ooh, on 10, um, I'm going to give it an 8. Okay. And there is your final review from a super fan of J. Cole. Now let's do the mediocre one. Uh, number one, the way this guy started off his career with Cole World, the sideline story horrendous way to start your career i really started getting into j cole with born sinner and to this day i still like born sinner and i like what he did with that album r&b tracks uh he made a hip-hop album which was which was which was really fun to to hear and that's what gravitated me towards him because he had really good singles he picked them well oh 
What a song, right? Yeah. Uh, Forest Hill Drive. All night, no. <laughs> Forest Hill Drive to me is his best album. For Your Eyes Only really took like a deep dive and you jump into a pool and you're doing a dive and your head just fucking hits the floor. Uh, KOD was KOD. It had its standout uh, uh, songs. It had its standout opportunities and stuff like that. But I find, I don't know. I just, I wanted more from that album. Uh, and then the off season, the off season is listening to it over and over and over again. And I listened to it about 10 to 12 times. Uh, Cause I really wanted to not come in here and just be bashing or saying things that didn't make sense. Uh, but being a mediocre J Cole fan, I think he did a good job with this album. Uh, 39 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, could he have done better? Absolutely. Uh, could he have picked better, better featurings? Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for putting Cameron on here. You really fucking made me an ecstatic little boy at Toys R Us. But I just sometimes, there's certain times where I'm listening to J. Cole and I'm just like, okay, I want, I need more from you. There's more things I want to hear from you. Is this really what J. Cole is all about? Because now we're in what, uh, six albums and I'm not counting his mixtapes. So take his mixtapes out of the, the equation. We're into six albums right now and I'm still wanting more. You know what I mean? So like, can you, can you put it, could you have put another couple of tracks on here? Uh, like I find sometimes he lacks and it has nothing to do with the production, but he lacks, there's something that he's lacking and I, don't know if it's lyrics, if it's flow, if it's because he really changes up his flow on this album like numerous times, but he's lacking something. And he's I also still, borrowing a lot, though. He's changing up his flow and borrowing. Yeah, but it's like that where, hey, and, and I'm not putting this on you, G, because you're, you're a super fan of him and you really like him a lot. And sometimes we could be really biased, but like put the off season and then born sinner. Yeah, there's differences, but it's still Jake Cole. It's still in the same barrel. Uh, Forest Hill Drive, you know, the same thing. Uh, like, it, it's he did. He, it's not a classic album. It's a good album. Good job, Jake Cole. What else are you going to bring me next time? The same stuff? You know what I mean? Are you going to be bringing me some of the same? This is the sum of the same. You know what I mean? And the thing that stands really out on this album might be those tracks where, like, the, like uh, the climb back interlude, uh, the first song on the album, like those beats really are the interchangeable beats that really stuck out to me. And that song that they borrowed uh, the chorus from Pharaoh Monch, My Life. That's a, that's a really good song. Um, I'm going to go with a, a seven. And let's hear it from the non J Cole fan. All right, so you said a lot of the things that I, that I that I you said a lot of things just now that I agree with, and some things that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, the first thing that stands out for me on this album is that there's a lot of sounds. You have the "My Life" that does that kind of throwback to the, the the corny chorus from the '90s hip hop, but it also beats like I said, "Punching the Clock" that sounded like a Method Man beat. The later half of the album also has a lot of those kind of 90s tribe called quest uh there's little blotches of 90s hip-hop in there that i find 
really compliment the album. I think it's his most accessible album since his debut. But I think that's at the cost of what I said opening up the episode in that he's not being uh, as socially charged as he could have been in this time. So yes, it's more accessible and the music is very enjoyable, but this is the voice of this is a voice that would have had a, a good effect right now using his, his, his being more uh, political, let's say, on this record that he was releasing in a time where no one's putting out music. Platinum with no features, as I said, he's working best while he's collaborating on this album. So my life is a highlight. A uh, hundred mil, we said good things about it. Let go of my hand, we agreed was probably the best track here. So the collaborations here really work well. That's not to say he doesn't work well alone. What I didn't like about this album, right away that corny opening keeps coming to mind. Let me start by telling you what I've accomplished. We know what you've accomplished. You're surprised releasing your album and we're here to listen to it. That's my opinion on it. And although maybe a lot of the sounds that he's putting on this record are new for Cole, they've been done before. We flagged where they came from. I don't need to go through that again. Um, look, I'm going to be honest with you after saying the good and the bad. I think this is, for me, his best album. And I'd go back to one. I, like, I, I want to hear 2014 now and go back and hear it. Because like I said to you, I've heard it a handful of times and decided this is just, there's nothing memorable here. So I want to go back and hear it and put it up against this. But right now, I feel like a seven on this. Seven on ten. Very enjoyable record. Wow. Steve, that, that's that's big. And you know what? I take your uh, your score really into perspective because I've known you for a very long time and we've gone back to that J. Cole conversation. Hey, you should listen to this one. Hey, listen to this one. And they never did anything to you. Well, because it's like you say... You said it best. I'm always waiting for him to do more. We're we're mentioning him in the same breaths as the Kendricks, as those guys. So why is it that those guys have those albums like Take Care that or, or, or uh, Pimp a Butterfly, Good Kid, Damn, Drake's Take Care that we kind of associate to like these are now timeless. Why is it that J. Cole, we say 2014, but we're just saying it to say one, I find. Yeah. I don't know and if you guys agree. No, I agree with you. It's the featurings. It really is that. No, I'm so. It's the featurings. If you listen to all, the, does how many featurings Stephen does Kendrick have on, on any of his albums? Hardly any. That's Hardly any. That's not that's true, Cap. Steve. That's really Car- not true. Kendrick on his albums. On Dami has not many. On Dami has not many. On Good Kid, Mad City he has a lot. Three. Okay, but Steve, come on. Okay, okay, because you're thinking about featurings as guest rappers. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about? I'm like talking about just in general. Yeah, like if or he made I a am. song where it's him and somebody else. Oh, made, okay. Because like, the yeah. then Two Paper Butterfly, it's like it would be, there would be a lot of featurings because the artist that, how they made the music and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get, I get exactly. what you're saying. I get, I get what you, you're saying. Then you think of Drake and you have... Um, just take care, for example. Yeah, How many songs does he have with so many different people? Yeah, that's it's the featuring, it's the it's the collabs of him with other people, them with other people. 
that's what Jake that's what Jake Cole's missing. You you know what? You put your you're putting that point and you're making me think, and you have a fucking good point because the guy there there's there's missing there's that missing element to his music. And maybe he can't hold his own, but he could, but he needs more of that. I don't know. Maybe just, I don't know. Look at what other artists do where they have that artist there, but it's more background. Uh, like look at what Kendrick did with Tupim and Butterfly. Some of those artists that are there are very like into the, the background of the music. You know what yeah. I mean? But they add that, that extra spice to the song where it's like, whoa, this song is more of a, Like, you know, like, how can I say this? It's not like orchestra, but like, it's like more of a, like, just more to the song. J. Cole does not have, oh shit, there's more to the song. That's fair. That's fair. Like Thundercat playing bass on To Pimp a Butterfly is more to the song. Yeah. Whereas uh, J. Cole doesn't have that. Or you that's know the, what? That's the whole thing. That's, that's the whole reason why he's like, that's what he's lacking. If you think of, Um, just Migos in general. Yes, there, there are three guys that are always three on the album, but those ad-libs are what keep the young people going at it. Most 100%. people could, yeah, <laughs> yeah, most people could sing ad-libs more than the actual lyrics of the song. 100%. Then what, would you say about, like, what would you say about albums like Reasonable Doubt? Like, granted, they were, they were way before and, 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 You know, but that's more of J. Cole's alley. Why doesn't a reasonable doubt work or a blueprint work, but nothing J. Cole puts up? Uh, production. 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 Like, look at the production on reasonable doubt. Fuck, you have incredible production. Yeah, but that's uh, today. But back then, those names were nothing. Oh, so like, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. There's that too. Yeah, but, but I don't know. It's just... It's not. It's not that it's stale. It's that there's J Cole is kind of missing something in his music, and it's. I find he's very, uh, like, oh, J Cole. It's me. It's me. It's J Cole. Like nobody's gonna touch my album. It's gonna be me that does everything. Like he's very. He doesn't like. I find like he's just that guy that doesn't have any friends, but he shows that he has friends because he goes to basketball games and hangs out with people. But he kind of i don't know like i find he's alone in the studio like you know what i mean what i'm trying to get at it's very he's private, I, he's private. i'm hands-on with my album and i'm gonna like but maybe he needs to go out there maybe he needs to work with different people d different producers uh really step out of the box and see what else there is to that because let's be honest with you you can't tell me that there's a classic j cole album you can't tell me that this guy is top 50 mcs you like I, like that freestyle he did on uh, the Los Angeles radio uh, show. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, uh, LA yeah, Leakers. LA, LA Leakers. Like when I saw that, I was like, whoa. Just what he's saying makes it more interesting. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. You know what? Can I be, I'm going to end this with this. J. Cole would have worked with Kanye West and Kanye West would have did way more of his production. J Cole would have been a better artist. Do you know what I mean? If J Cole worked with artists like yeah. the Pharrell's, you know what I mean? He would fit more in, into that category and he would be 
better for it. I find it just lacking. He's lacking. It's funny you say that, and Joe, I, I, I see you, you have something you want to say. Instrumentally, there's Kanye everywhere on this album. Like we said, Let Go My Hand was our favorite track. But in my notes, I had written, the first thing I heard when I heard that song was Drive Slow, Late Registration. Mm-hmm. So there are people he could be working with that might elevate it, but it's like he's always looking for the cheaper version of that. You're right. As nice as you want to sound, that's the cheaper version of that. Do you know what I'm saying? You're uh, absolutely right. Uh, but gee. I think that's also fair because he's being honest about being broke. So maybe he can't, maybe he can't afford Kanye right now. <laughs> Go ahead, gee, yeah. If there's anybody that wants to start off with a J. Cole album that just gravitated towards this because Little Baby and 21 Savage were featurings on it, but that don't know J. Cole, what other album would you gravitate them towards? Oof. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, I still have to go with Born Sinner. Good if man. You, if you ever want to listen to J. Cole and know, and like actually get into it and that's the album that's going to make you like somebody. Born Sinner made made me like J. Cole. Oh, really? I thought it was sideline stories for you. No. I listened to this album. <laughs> I listened to it. My cousin introduced me to it. I stopped listening to J. Cole because of that album. But then I heard Born Sinner and got back into J. Cole. But one thing I have to say about him, the last thing I want to say about him is that he's kind of like an introvert rapper he's in his he has his song middle child he's that middle child he knows people but he's not friends with anybody i watched the documentary that he did that they did for revenge of the dreamers and for i think it was 10 days of the entire record label every single person in that record label was in the studio and j cole was by himself most of the time as much as like he's like the top of the record label he was by himself most of the time he he does not have friends he's not a friendly kind of person which is why he's lacking with his featurings and lacking with his with his collabs and stuff like that just Good to quickly point. just to quickly summarize g gave this an eight you two stevens gave it a seven so our first review j cole the off season 7.3 on 10. <laughs> you have a calculator on your computer? I did. I, did. I calculated <laughs> the average. So we're giving it a, as all time, we're giving it a 7.3 on 10. Uh, thank you guys for checking in. I just want to give a big, big thank you for G for being, yes. uh, for being a guest on this. Yeah. If you How'd guys. How'd you like doing this? Is this your first time being on a, on a podcast? Uh, second time, actually. Second time. Okay. Yeah. How'd, you, how'd you like? Ours was better, right? Yours was 1,000% better. <laughs> it's you. We talked about something that I love a lot. So for me, it was great. Thank you guys for having me, honestly. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. hundred percent. And if you guys that are listening want somebody to take a picture of you, whether it's for work, whether it's for school, whether it's for modeling, if you have 6,000 pairs of shoes you need to take pictures of, please contact him. Uh, he's a great photographer. He's been doing it for as long as I know him. He goes to school for this shit. He knows how to hold a camera. Uh, I did not get annoyed of him when he was telling me to move 6,000 times while we were taking pictures, <laughs> but please reach out to him. Um, unframed 
photographer. But yeah, uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna put, when we put out the episodes, we're gonna, we're gonna post the, the like tag post, whatever. Uh, He's got to hook up with you. a DeLorean too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you for being part of the All Time Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for being part of this episode. We'll have you back in the future for sure. Uh, maybe uh, oh we could do a Childish Gambino episode because we know how the fuck you love that guy uh, but yes uh, thank you guys so much Yeah, uh, we'll see each other very soon also artwork done by Vincent he will be tagged in the post as well thank you guys see you next week peace <laughs>